Welcome to the grant, the EU funding podcast. My name is Nils Tudorvinder, and I am the creator, editor, and host of The Grant. The Grant is an independent, non-commercial podcast initiative with the ambition to dig into all corners of the EU R&D funding system on topics of interest for the full EU R&D funding community. Digging into specific sectors and how they work with EU funding is also part of what I intend to unfold in this podcast. It is through examples from the stakeholders out there that the importance of EU funding really becomes clear. The technological platform of Wine, or PTV, from Spain is an association that facilitates innovation and development for the wine-producing sector in Spain. The organization has in recent years started to engage itself and its members in regionally funded and EU-funded projects. The sector is, like agriculture in general, facing many challenges due to climate change and to a growing push for circularity and sustainability in its agricultural practices. I invited Andrea Casquet Baruba, project manager at Technological Platform of Wine, into the virtual podcast studio for a talk about the innovation challenges of the wine sector, how PTV helps its members, and how they are using the EU-funded projects to help solving these challenges. A wonderful talk that gives similar organizations an idea of how to approach EU funding, which strategies to follow, and how to involve members and stakeholders in proposals, projects, and lobbying. Please enjoy. The Grand. Welcome to the Grand, the EU funding podcast. I am continuing my quest to move into different kind of corners of the EU R&D funding community and world, um, which is a big animal to chew down. And my methodology to to pick up corners that I don't know anything about myself yet, even though I have 15 years of experiences to follow the flow on LinkedIn of through my contacts, see what like what comes through related to EU R&D funding, uh, also nationally. And uh, some time ago, I noticed a Spanish uh, technology platform uh, on wine. And uh, I, well, I do drink wine myself, but I think also most people they they within this world when they say, oh yeah, you also have tech, of course, innovation and technology development within the wine sector, and it, it, so it caught my attention. I thought, let's reach out to this person sitting behind the LinkedIn profile, and um, that's why I have you on board today, Andrea. Welcome. Thank you, Niels. Thank you. I'm so glad being here with you. Thank you for your invitation. Of course, uh, you're welcome. And uh, just to to have a disclaimer to to the dear listeners, Andrea, she's probably the one of my guests that has preparing herself most most thoroughly uh, for for being on the podcast. It's absolutely wonderful to uh, to 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 see the work you have put into this, Andrea. Thank you so much. And as we because we all know. That uh, that that to have a, a good result, uh, what you need to do is three things: preparation, preparation, preparation. <laughs> so, 
So I'm sure that this is good. This is going to be a wonderful episode. Now, Andrea, um, without any further ado, can you shortly present yourself? Okay, thank you, Niels. Um, well, um, I am biotechnologist and specialize on energy and its adaptation to climate change. Um, I grew up in Valladolid, that is a city from Spain, more in the north from Madrid. And it's a, a city where, where wine is a really important part of, of, its, of its culture. Uh, and that's why maybe I have always paid attention to, to the grape and wine sector uh, as a possibility for my professional future. Um, but I decided to study a more general degree, uh, a biotechnology degree. Uh, so that I, I could obtain more information about the different areas that I could specialize on. And uh, during the four years that lasted that, that degree, I specialized in plants, uh, in concrete in vegetal physiology, molecular phytopathology, vegetal biotechnology. And after that, I, that's when I decided to do a master's degree about the grape and wine sector and how can it can it adapt to the climate change? Uh, because, yeah, climate change is triggering so many consequences in the wine yards all over the world, not only in Spain. So, yeah, you'll have a chance to share that with us a little later because that's one of the things we will be talking about what's going on in the wine sector. I always ask my guests um, their capacities or what they in which corner of the EU R&D proposals part that they are, you know, like if you are a proposal writer or if you are, have been partners in partnering proposals and so on. So what, what, what have you been, what's your experience within EU R&D projects and proposals? Mm -hmm. Well, um, since I'm really young, <laughs> my, my first contact with R plus Z um, was in the master's degree mm -hmm. when I uh, learned how to, to do a proposal for an international project. Um, and after I refocused on R plus D working in, the, in this technological platform of wine as R plus D technician and project manager. And, and that's where I'm, I, am, I have been more focused on, on EU projects and, and all the proposal, writing proposals, justifications and everything. So, yes. But this is good because this podcast is for uh, all levels of experience within this. And there are lots of, of uh, juniors or people who have been uh, at entry level, maybe been working with this for one to two years that are soaking up information about how to do these things. So this is not just for people that has been working with, with these things for, for generations like myself or decades. This is also indeed a podcast uh, where people that has not been working for long with it can mirror themselves. So it's it's also one of the purposes uh, to uh, to make sure that people like you can can come upon and share now. So no, excellent. So, uh, but my point with this is that we're going to have a lovely talk about the the the, the wine sector and EU, uh, the EU level, EU R&D funding. Uh, but it's also just fine that you don't have uh, tens of years of, of experience because that's that is something that many people out there sit with. Yeah, They have to find out and maneuver themselves, navigate it, and how do you deal with this? How 
how do you support this organization that you work for to build up uh, their capacity on, on EU R&D funding? How do you get into this? How do you move yourself within this? So I'm, I'm also going to move a little bit into questions about how you have how you have done uh, here the first years that you have the first year you have been working for for this uh, this technology platform. No, that was a just a little bit of a side road here. No. Um, Andrea, um, thanks. Can you say a few words? We'll have a lot. Of, most of this talk is going to be about PTV, the, the technological platform, wine. But can you show, give a short presentation of uh, of the organization? Yeah, of course. Um, the PTV it's a non-profit association. Um, it's uh, formed by different agents from the Spanish grape and wine sector. Um, and its its main aim is to become on one hand in the in a true business science network of cooperation, uh, designing a common strategy uh, in terms of RPC, and on the other hand, uh, become a, a national and European RPC leader, me becoming a, a main, main reference for the sector. Um, it, it was funded uh, in two thousand and eleven. When it was published, the first Spanish strategic innovation agenda, that is our document, our main document that uh, contains all the the topics and the strategic lines that we in which we dynamize projects. Um, after two years, uh, it became a non-profit association of Italy, and in twenty in two thousand and fifteen. Uh, began its uh, international development, its international projection. That is when the PTV take part, took part for the first time uh, in, a, in an international consortium. Um, and in 2020, uh, it was the year when the PTV leader two European projects for the first time. Uh, and yes, and nowadays, uh, we are more than two two hundred partners. Uh, we mm-hmm. are we are like a meeting point of wineries, auxiliary firms, technological centers, viticultural associations, universities, public administrations. And uh, yes, um, it has six working areas. Um, uh, three of them are trunk, uh, like viticulture process and product that are the most important. Uh, and the other one, we have another three that are more cross-cutting areas that are health, viticultural economy, and sustainability and climate change. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, dynamicizing uh, projects into these six areas, uh, GPTV uh, include the, the entire value change of the grape and wine sector. Uh, yes. And for in, for to, to in order to dynamize projects, uh, EU projects or international projects, the PTV creates an international advisory committee uh, that is formed by relevant agents uh, from the grape and wine sector in an international level, uh, not only from the industrial industrial framework but also from the scientific world, so that we have the uh, the two points of view and the main objective of this committee is to represent and to give advice 
uh, to the consortiums and the partners of the of the PTV of this association in order to promote the transformation in the of the ideas into international projects. So that's maybe a global view of the PTV. <laughs> hey, that's good. Thanks. Uh, but it will take us into uh, actually bridging us very well into the, the key uh, subject, of course, of this of this podcast, which is the wine industry and the EU R and D funding. Um, because so you have you have these these uh, different sector areas working. Um, do you how is the activities? Do they meet on a regular basis? In the so all these members, do they do you have uh, working group meetings or do you have an annual? How how does it work with with the exchange with the community? Um, yes, um, annually uh, uh, there's uh, six meetings in two days of the all the partners uh, of this technical secretary of the PTV of our team. And also uh, uh, of the coordinators, the technical commission that is formed by the coordinators of these areas. I will I would like to say that each area has two coordinators. Uh, one is from the industry framework, and the other one is more from the scientific world. So that mm-hmm. they have also like in the international advisory committee two points of view. And yes, um, in these uh, meetings, uh, annual meetings, uh, we. We we see how how the different uh, groups of work uh, are developing developing, and um the partners propose new ideas for projects, and and that's where where uh, born uh, new new projects new initiatives new seeds of projects and then uh, during the year the the technical commission. And with the with the partners that have been interested in these seats in these project seats, mm. um, we have like a, a frequent, um, regular meetings, uh, usually online, um, so that uh, we can transform that ideas into projects if there are if there are calls uh, that could be interest for could be interesting for 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 that for that idea. Okay, so it's uh, so they have regular meetings at the at the with, with the core uh, purpose of seeing how they collaborate on concrete technological innovation issues. Yes, 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 yes. yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, Andre. Um, the first bullet here, sort of a fly into to to the wine industry and innovation. Can you give us a an idea of of a, sort of an intro to the wine industry and the importance of innovation to the sector? You mentioned yourself, climate change, and I can also think myself of things related to to, to circular economy, for instance, stuff like this. But can you maybe? Um, um, introduce us a little bit to the core elements that you're dealing with in the wine industry. Um, yeah, well, for the first time, like innovation, I think is the the only way to face uh, the climate change situation. 
um, uh, in, in the last in the last few years, we have we 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 have seen that uh, although wine sector is one of the oldest and more traditional sectors of agriculture, uh, it has always uh, been surprisingly at the cutting edge of innovation. Um, many technologies and digital tools have been developed to optimize viticultural production or wine elaboration, and also to obtain a better adaptation to climate change. Or also, um, like uh, wine technology has played a, a very important role, I think, in production and commercialization along the history. But nowadays, it opens wide opportunities that were unthinkable, I think, a few years ago. Um, and I think that is essential going to an intelligent agriculture uh, through the technological advantages so that production could grow up without wasting resources and also making easier to adapt um, this the different productions to, to, to this climate situation. Yeah. How, 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 how big a problem is it right now for the, the wine sector in Spain, the climate change? Um, I think that one of the, the 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 most important problems that Spain have related to climate change is the rising temperatures, uh, because they are um, uncoupling the the biotechnological maturation of the grapes from the phenolic uh, maturation, and that is triggering um, like uh, um, unbalanced wines uh, in order to organoleptic properties. And and yes, because uh, uh, the more the higher are the temperatures, uh, the the more uh, the the more um, sugar are inside of the of the grapes. And since more <laughs> the more sugar, the more alcohol are in then in the in the uh, in the in the wines. Probably, I guess that it's. When I look at at at, uh, at what you forwarded to me, in preparation, it's it's a lot. It's a lot of what other agricultural uh, fields are 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 dealing with. Uh, so this, of course, adapting to adaptation to climate change that you have as number one. Naturally, you know, like if it doesn't rain, <laughs> and if it's too hot, so it changes the. The nature of the grapes, which is vital, if, if you have a wine yard that has a very uh, well-established wine and has had it for a hundred years, and then suddenly uh, the, the the weather changes make the the nature of the grapes that they make change the character of the wine. Which is you know, like it, the properties of the wine. Then it's it's of course a sector that I can imagine is. It's very delicate, right? It's it's it's, it's on on small, very small, uh, nitty gritty parameters that a wine gets its its nature, uh, its qualities, and and if if you sort of twist, doesn't need much turning of of little screws there before it it's not, you know, like it goes into something. Yeah, it's that's right because um, the the. The nature or the principal um, qualities of wine—it's not only for the the variety or or how how it 
how the, the, the manage of the culture, the cultivars. It's also about the soil. It's also about the all the the the, the climate, the, the climate uh, conditions that are around that wine yard. It's also about the biodiversity that it's around it. Um, uh, it's the terrain, how it say the terrain, and that's and if one of these factors uh, it's it change, uh, change uh, it will change everything because, for example, like in order um, in regarding to to diseases and pests, the temperatures are are making they they them change, and I guess. Because they change their nature, then the old means of, of fighting pests might not work as efficient as they did before. So it might be more. I'm now I'm just I'm just guessing, <laughs> but my best guess is that that that's something that they de- that the sector is dealing with. And then when they are dealing with a pest that is difficult to deal with, then they are looking at they supposed to use pesticides are they supposed to use things that they can actually not use because it goes into the wine uh, so they're also looking at they need development within pest fighting uh, under new conditions and stuff like this is that so the, the european commission right now it's establishing um limited limited uh, applications for the pesticides and for mm-hmm. other phytosanitary products because they want a more sustainable production, so mm-hmm. it's if there are different pests that you need that pesticides, but you you can applicate a, the dose the doses that you need to kill them. You have to look for other options, other strategies, bases in this in this case in 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 the scientific and technical knowledge. But also base it in, in technology and digital tools to mm-hmm. to manage that situation and face that in this case the pests, but also the other the, the, the rest of the of the problems and the complexities of this meteorological uh, situation. Yeah. Uh, this is this is a nice pretext. So to say, it's not nice for the wine sector, but for this podcast, it's a nice pretext to to where we're moving here. So, so in terms of because the funding is of, of course, EU funding is of course a, a, a tool where you can uh, start to look into to to deal with this and work together on these things. But first, how is the sector approaching the challenges? Are the big wine houses are they putting a lot of of efforts into uh, researching into how to deal with with changing conditions or are, are, are there some sort of because you are a technology platform right so you, you're putting people together but do, how is the sector in general so to say approaching these challenges uh, in general the sector is uh, focused on uh, develop digital tools and technology okay. uh, like I don't know based in internet of things a smart sensor um, like artificial intelligence that it's really important for winemakers to take decisions sort of so so be sort of be more have have a much closer relationship to what's actually going out on in the field so to say have, have to 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 surveillance constantly uh, the conditions so to say and, and maybe also foresee what's yeah with the sensors 
Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yeah, at, at the end, um, what the sector wants is to to have a, the skills to face this situation. Um, and I think nowadays there are so many technologies that can be used. Andrea, in order for us to to make it uh, concrete, I think it's 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 a good way for for you to to share with us how you have been working with the projects that you have uh, involved yourselves and your stakeholders in to to sort of get things going with the organization on on collaboration projects. Can you share with me and the listeners the concrete projects how it how it started and how you have moved yourself a little bit on with it and which 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 funding schemes you have involved yourself. Yes, since uh since I didn't say before, um, it was in 2016 when the PTBs began its international projection, uh taking part a, a of a live project from Horizon 2020, uh leader by a technological center of wine called Vitec. And this project was about a efficient use of resources to improve the sustainability of the grape and wine sector in the Priorat area, that is in Catalonia, in Spain. And this consortium was formed by 60 wineries, 500 farmers, and the PTB as the, as the partner of the consortium who... That's a lot. Yes, yes, <laughs> it was a a really big consortium. Yes, um, and PTV what what did it was to uh, disseminate the the results and all the events, all the workshops that like in a in a communication uh, pa- paper role. Sorry, um, and uh, after that, uh, since since that moment. The PTV dynamized 91 R plus D projects, moving more or less 99 million euros of budget and uh, obtaining a funding of uh, more or less 76 million euros. Um, and after that, in, in 2020 was the year when the PTV leader for the first time two European projects. One is Copper Replace, then it's an interreg project. Um, it was formed, uh, its consortium was formed by 13 partners from th- three different countries of the Sudo area. Um, and it has lasted uh, 28 months because it ended up, uh, on, ended up on the 28th of February of this year. And this, this, this was a, a really interesting, uh, European project. Because it was a, its objective was a, to to develop and implement new technologies, products, and strategies in order to reduce the copper application in wine yards, and also to solve the contamination in in the pseudo area soils. Yeah. Okay. So you so so this interact project was something where you you were you coordinating that? Uh yes. In, it ended up on the twenty eighth of February, but. The consortium want to continue the the stakeholder network, so that yeah. And that's a good example also what projects they do. Uh, so it's it's you step into a room together with partners, and then the the when you work together, then it continues after you know, like often it, in some form in another either you 
you apply for funding from somewhere else um, to continue with like digging into a technological issue or you commercially find a way to Mm-hmm. And there's there's another one, Novaterra project, that it was the second one, the second international project that leader BPTV. And it was uh, an Horizon 2020, and this consortium was bigger. It was formed by 18 partners uh, from six different countries. And it, this is a, this is already been executed. Um, it will last four years and it will end up in September of 2024. It's a rise in 2020 project. Yes. Yeah. Now, what I, I think also what listeners would be interested in is, so did you, you, did you engage some of your members in this project as partners? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, they are a, most, most of the partners, they, they not need the Spanish ones. Are are from the PTV are part of the PTV. As, as I said before, the PTV scope is mainly national. So um, the, the, all the wineries and the partners uh, that uh, we can make uh, take in, take part of the international consortiums are are Spanish. Do you know anything about your strategy of of of? Um... Do you do you have a strategy of involving your stakeholders more in EU-funded projects? Do you have a uh, in the organization a, a a way of working uh, more towards uh, EU projects? Um, and the strategy that we have is to strengthen the communication with the European Commission, collaborating with different entities and agents. Um, such as the Committee European Enterprises Vines, that is the better way to be close in touch with the European Commission, uh, because its main objective is to promote a social, economical, legal, and legal environment uh, that enable uh, a sustainable development of European viticultural sector, improving uh, its competitivity. So it's mainly the the industry, the voice of of the industrial interests uh, that uh, that it's that translate that interest it, uh, to the public administrations. Yeah. Um, there's there's an uh, well, yes there's another entities such as the International Organization of Grape and Wines that is the maximum international organism of reference of this sector, and most of the partners of the PTB. Well, and members of the technical commission, and also uh, uh, members of the PTB team, are part of the OIB. Now, this is this is interesting, uh, and it's also important for for listeners out there that sit in similar uh, organizations and and uh, work on these levels, because it's um, what it uh, what it does when you attach yourself to. To the European, to Brussels, so to say, to the Commission committees, and to uh, to to these um, groups that where where things sort of come together from all over Europe, where you have uh, working together with wine areas from Italy, from Greece, from France, and so on. That uh, my it helps 
your stakeholders a lot. Yeah, uh, it's very important for you to to uh, to connect in these committees in these places because you you first of all you you get you can say your opinion about uh, from the Spanish point of view from your members' point of view, but you also get uh, reflected and critical mass from other areas in Europe and you share how you how they deal with the same issue. Yes. Right? Yes, it's really important because um well we have we have prepared it with the PTB in collaboration with uh, an European working agrupation during the twenty twenty and twenty between twenty twenty and twenty twenty two. Um we we have write a draft of an strategic European agenda of innovation. Uh, which contains all the needs of the sector in a short, medium term, according to innovate in an international level. Um, it's it was really tough because it's the result of so so many meetings, but we there are ten objectives identified. All the European um, uh, the European uh, countries that are involved in in the wine sector are aware of of them as a as a challenge uh, caused by the climate change yeah because yeah that's what it does right and at the same time uh, so not only do you sit in these fora and and uh, and exchange on these things to come to come to find common common ground but it's also towards the european commission uh, in relation to what they should um uh, cover when they make initiatives, when they make calls, uh, strategic calls in Horizon Europe or in, in other funding areas, what, where the focus should be. Uh, yeah. So that's, uh, it's, it's very, very important on that strategic level. So I'm happy to hear that that's something that you, uh, that you engaged in with the organization. Um, the, strategic innovation agenda where it all started with PTB is that something is is the, I guess that's that's something that is aligned with your approach to the European Commission right to Brussels um from Brussels now, so your own strategic innovation agenda is that uh, is that focused on on the the sectors uh, innovation issues in Spain no, it's all over the the world. Okay. It's it's like so in this in this group, in this working agrupation, um, it's uh, mainly from from Europe, but uh, collaborates also the international the international advisory committee, and in in that in that one there there's agents there are agents from all over the world uh, that are really relevant in the equipment one sector. So all these all these ten objectives, or better to say, these these ten challenges, are uh, for for the wine sector all over the world. And the main one, the first one, is adaptation to climate change. Yes, and yes, uh, also biodiversity and genetic resources, uh, plant, plant protection, reduction the GHG emission. Optimization and sustainability of production process, the circular economy. That is a concept really important because uh, it 
it adds uh, to winemakers added value and competitive advantages, quality and food safety uh, in order to pesticides, uh, regarding to pesticides and, and copper applications that I said before, and all the phytosanitary products that are, can, can pollute and contaminate the, the soils and the environment of the vines. Uh, digitalization, that's, that's uh, our way to, to face these challenges. It's really important to, to have in, to have, have in consider, consideration all these, these, these issues. Um, Andrea, on a more sort of uh, so the so next step, so to say, on do you have do you have EU comment EU propose? Are you preparing anything? Any proposals these days? Or are you um, how is that? Are you are you are you building up to to be involved in new EU proposals uh, in the near future? Yes, uh, right now we are preparing uh, two proposals. One one of them has been submitted uh, two weeks ago, and it's about uh, regenerative viticulture, um, and it's formed by ten partners. Uh, five of them are, are Spanish, and three are Portuguese, and two French. And its main objective is to develop new techniques and knowledge for the application dissemination and promotion of our ecological princi- principles through the implementation of regenerative viticulture in different soils and climates. So it's an interreg? Yeah, it's an interreg project. Um, and the other one, it's, um, it's uh, an, about the alcoholization of wines in whose consortium take part the University of Burdeos, uh, two wineries that are partners of PTB, a uh, researcher center and University of, of Romania, and also an, a hospital to test uh, the how the, the patients have... Can have more wine. No, uh, <laughs> no sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no. And how how, how affects... Um, drink wine uh, with and without alcohol and the difference and uh-huh. but yes and there are also different another another proposals but these ones are the the more the more advanced but it's a bit it's nice so what i want so sort of um, here towards the end i would actually like to talk a little bit about um how you are building up your capacities in the organization to to so it seems like you you have started with with a couple of projects slowly um, putting yourself in and then you've been leading a project so you have built up your your capacity on how to be involved in eu funded projects and now you you are you are engaging yourself you're submitted to propose you're involved in and, and some of your members. Um, how is that? Are you uh, are you yourself writing part of the proposal? So how are you building up your 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 knowledge of how to do these things in the organization? Um, yes, I, right now, um, a month ago, I submitted my first proposal. Congratulations! It's a big it's a big accomplishment. <laughs> Um, and but it was in a regional level, 
um, in, in here in Spain. So, um, and it was an individual project from the PTB. Um, I have t took part uh, in in the reduction of of two different projects in a national level, but my 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 aim is to take part in the in the design and the writing of proposal from EU EU yeah. projects. Yeah, it's my next step. <laughs> and you know what? Um, it's. Um... It's it's uh, you you are doing it the right way. Uh, take it from a from an old uh, an old timer uh, within these things. This is the right way to do it. So national funding schemes are often easier to approach. Um, the, the the it's it's the the bar is lower, so to say, often on how much you have to write or how complex it is to to submit the proposal and so on and so forth. Um, so so that's very good uh, because then you learn yourself how such a document comes about without it being too complex, um, and then you're not too scared away from from the next steps. Of EU proposals, so good. I'm I'm happy to hear that this is how you you have been doing it. Um, have you have you got an idea of how to to approach the European scene? Do you have you investigated some brokerage events, or uh, have you looked a little bit into what kind of of things you could do? Um, in in this proposal, for example, I I am I I I'm not being an, in the active part of writing the proposal, but I I will be uh, in the in the um, implementation. Yeah, no, no, in the in the justification and also um, following uh, the results and um, organi organizing maybe the meetings yeah coordinating maybe the some some event or some workshops to to present the results uh, between the consortium the the, par the partners of the consortium i don't know yeah like a step by step but in that way i can see so you have so you have a, so you have a, a a colleague that is sitting and writing these proposals yeah, it's a, this proposal has been written uh, by um, a cons consultory. Um, that it's a, we work really close the PTV and this yeah. one. So, yeah. but yes, <laughs> which is a, a perfect natural way to work with these things. Also, because you you need you need some assistance often in uh, you need the expertise of how to approach these things. And it's uh, it's good that you have a close collaboration with them because I know as a as a, as a former consultant, uh, private consultant, the, the best uh, results come out of a strong uh, collaboration with the client. So um, so I, it, it's, uh, it's if if you have a good relationship with your grants consultant, that's uh, that's going to help you a lot uh, because the the better they know you, uh, the better they know. Your stakeholders, the better they will be able to um, to to understand how to write the best thing. Also, it's getting the input from you how to anchor things and so on. So that's good. 
André, um, let's, uh, let's slowly wrap it up. Um, I have a segment I always have in my, uh, in my podcast episodes. Uh, the toughest challenge. Um, so what is the toughest challenge as a as an organization like yours working on EU funding? Um, maybe well, in a sectoral level in general is uh, to translate the importance of investment in innovation to the small farmers and wineries here in Spain. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. There are more than 4,000 agents involved into the grape and wine sector, and the 60% of these agents are small wineries. So, but regarding to EU funding, um, I think the traffic challenge that have to achieve EPTV, it's uh, the coordination of international consortiums uh, on, on one hand, because uh, um, not, not only, not uh, only because of the language uh, that normally is English, uh, but also um, the difficulties to to organize meetings uh, because uh, each part of the consortium has his own agenda and his own appointments, and it's really hard to to date the the meeting and take into account that nowadays with the pandemic all of all of them it's, are online that but before they were presential. And and also to join the consortiums when 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 you are preparing the proposal and and you are in short notice and and it's really stressful looking for partners uh, for the consortium that yeah. are in line indeed that are in line not 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 only with the objectives of the project but also with the basis of the goal so. And maybe that is that, and and the different cultures of of the consortium, and also the budget that uh, ex, ex, exists, and also the budgets, the 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 the, the bigger budgets that most of the calls uh, demand, uh, according to the basis, because uh, some of them are like million euros, two million euros, three million euros. Uh, yeah, the more the bigger the budget, the more complex it normally is when you have the partnership. So what you have just lined out is exactly for organizations that are building up capacities on how to involve, uh, how to get it under better under the skin to work with EU funding. These things you just mentioned, it's <laughs> everybody's struggling with that. <laughs> it's uh, it's very very normal. Uh, and yes, it is challenging to to get involved in EU uh, proposals. It's uh, of course the big carrot at the end is uh, if you get the funding. Of course, that's uh, that's the wonderful part of it. But indeed, it's uh, yeah, there are many many stressful elements in relation to to getting the proposal done. <laughs> yes, I mean, I have also another challenge. It could be sure. um, um, the. For example, interaction calls are really interesting uh, according to the topics, uh, but the justification it's really tough because it's uh, on through a, a platform an application, and it's it's really tough. It's not you make your documents, you redact your, and then you you submit it. No, it's like you have an application and since technology 
and one hand is really it's the best thing that we have nowadays but also sometimes it doesn't work and it's it's going ah, it, it goes slowly it's the submission the submission system ah yeah 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 oh it's horrible <laughs> when if they uh, the horizon europe is fine because you have a pdf document that you submit uh, so that's that's uh, that's that's very easy uh, compared to live for instance, and uh, it's right where you have to to copy paste from your document into a box with a uh, number of characters. Uh, it's yeah, I uh, fully agree. That's uh, the the person that came up with that idea should be fired, and they should hire a new one from Horizon Europe to extend that to the whole system. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's, that's my right. opi- that's my opinion about that. <laughs> um. Andre, I'm just going to um, finalize this episode for the listeners. So, dear listeners, thank you so much for listening to the end. I really, really hope that you found this interesting to have a a peek into the to the wine sector and how they are are trying to to use EU funding to 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 overcome technological innovation bottlenecks. It's very interesting to listen to this. Thank you so much, Andrea. Now. Um, as always, uh, please, by all means, go and check out my, my, my growing back catalog of, of podcast episodes on the grand.eu. This is also where you will, uh, where you will find the subscription, uh, for the, for the email list. Uh, this is the best way for me to grow as a startup podcast. So please, if you have sympathy for this initiative, by all means, submit uh, and register for the, for the email list. On the website, you will also find uh, the hub where I try to gather uh, different resources, uh, links and so on. Uh, that should be helpful for most people dealing with the R&D fund. Um, Andrea, thanks for coming by the virtual podcast studio. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for you to invite me. And it was a pleasure for me. Great. Let's say goodbye to the listeners. So bye. Bye bye. (laughs)